Hello, everybody. We're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Why can't we be friends? 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 I see you around for a long, long time. I remember too when you drank my wine. Why can't we? Thank you. Thank you very much. That's right. We're the podcast that explores the show, The Simpsons, from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we know there are already plenty of podcasts out there that explore the quote-unquote golden age of The Simpsons, seasons 1 through 10. And we want to find the episodes from the later seasons that may be good, may be wonderful, and maybe reignite our passion for the classic animated sitcom. I am half an annoyed grunt boy Steve, and I can't do this on my own. So with me, as always, is... The other half annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hey, Craig, what's going on? Do you think, uh, you know, all the other Simpsons podcasts talk about the golden age, and, you know, they're probably talking about, I don't know, you only move twice right now this week when they're... Yeah. Do you think there's any other Simpsons podcasts that are... uh, Spoilers, what we're going to watch. I mean, obviously they know. The uh, very recent season premiere do you think any other are we the only podcast that will be covering it i think maybe we might just be the ones only ones brave enough to uh <laughs> venture there we're the only ones who uh who have a hulu account login with uh they don't uh, give that to just anybody <laughs> yeah just hey mine is ad free Ooh. how have we been i don't know i yeah that's the same you um yeah yeah nothing much going on how's your spider-man playstation 4 going Oh, it's great. Um, I've been playing it a lot, and I really enjoy it. I'm not very good at video games. Um, there was <laughs> this, like dumb um, side mission that you had to do where you had to like there was steam blowing out of vents. Oh yeah, and you had to like one. stop 15 of them in like two minutes or less than two minutes, like for 45 seconds. And uh, well, all those people died because I couldn't do it. <laughs> I think I had difficulty on those missions as well. What about the pigeon chasing? You've been doing that? I haven't gotten there yet. Um, <sighs> I'm gonna kind of focus on the prime primary mission and then go back and do the side missions i think um oh, but i'm i it's uh i say this without any hyperbole one of my favorite video games i've ever played and it's just fun to to be the old web slinger slinging around uh manhattan that's true he's the best stopping some of those little petty crimes too yeah doing a little combo moves little triangle triangle square circle square xbox 360 exactly i love the the flying jump like when you yeah. like shoot your web and then fly into a guy that's cool i've uh, still been playing a uh, sword of tsushima yeah oh wait no it's ghost of tsushima like why do i keep calling it sword of tsushima it's ghost of tsushima anyways yeah it's uh i'm a i'm a legendary samurai at this point steve wow i always knew what you had it in you <laughs> well that's what they say on the screen <laughs> how i've progressed in the game it's uh yeah it's just it's just kind of like red dead redemption but in japan that's it that makes sense i mean like most westerns were just ripped off of japanese yeah. movies so yeah that makes that, that tracks so i've been having fun with that i have to record this podcast with you i'd rather be playing a game yeah i'm playing one right now steve it's your penis oh yeah that's what i call my penis is the game isn't there a rapper named the game yep it's my penis <laughs> so you're <laughs> yeah he's famous i'm not <laughs> homer simpson from the simpsons has uh, a message for you steve oh masturbate okay i mean everything <laughs> that homer's told me to do so far has been pretty successful so yeah i'll, I'll heed his advice 
A new season of TV, Steve. Yeah, any uh, new shows you're looking forward to? Are there new uh, shows? Well, I know we got uh, Mandalorian coming, and then uh, what, what's after that? Isn't there another nerdy show? Uh, well, The Boys is currently on. That's almost done. Yeah, did you uh, finally finish uh, Pen15? Oh, no, I'm I'm savoring it. We've only done three episodes. Oh, man. It's a pretty emotional ride. It went from, like, the season one. Here's my hot take. Season one was a, a comedy show with some heart and now the season two seems like a heartfelt show with a little bit of comedy yeah um i will say that the next episode angers me so much it's very good and it's a great episode episode four yeah there's a character in it i've never hated a 12 year old girl so much or is that the one i watched where they become like the three best friends yeah okay so then we watched four episodes yeah because that episode is called the three even though it's the fourth episode okay okay yeah um i gotta say actually yeah and Kudos also to the actress, the 12-year-old actress. Totally. Because if you think about it, she has to pretend these 30-year-old actresses are her peers in Mm -hmm. real life. And it's so funny because it's like, oh, they're adults, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, the show's still great. Yeah. And you're in for a treat. I would say that as good as the first half of the season is, the real emotional stuff comes at the end. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. A very powerful show, and I could not recommend it enough. Yeah. One of the best shows of the year, I'd say. Right. That and... Um, Tosh 2.0. <laughs> season 20. I'm trying to think... I got to cancel, Steve. I'm trying to think what... Uh, after Mandalorian, there's another show that should be popping. Oh, I can't think of it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Let's just talk about another TV show that we're supposed to talk about. How about The Simpsons? We watched the season 32 premiere. It was just a mere few days ago. Yeah. Undercover Burns, as it was called. Uh, so we do have a number one box office because some, well, everywhere else can have theaters, not America. Mm-hmm. We suck at trying to control COVID, Steve, you see. It's true. And actually, Europe's taking a cue from us and getting worse somehow. <sighs> We're dumb. Anyways, uh, the number one movie was uh, Chris Nolan's Tenet. 10 E.T. You know, Craig, I saw the first E.T., but I haven't seen E.T.'s 2 through 10, or 2 through 9, rather. So will this one make any sense? Steve, that was pretty lame. Uh, yeah, you're not <laughs> wrong. Thanks for your uh, crickets. Uh, my joke would have been Tenet, the movie about uh, Doctor Who actor David Tenet. <laughs> there, I did myself. <laughs> That's what she said. Okay, thanks, Homer. Steve, what was the uh, what is the number one song this week? I guess that's weird uh, well, we can say it like the, that. I know it's weird. The number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 it is by Cardi B, featuring Meg. Wait, wait, hold on, I might have to hit the bleep button on you, Steve. So go ahead. Uh, it is uh, the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 is by Cardi B and Meg The Stallion, and it is entitled. And I think that Ben Shapiro read this to me right. Wet ass pussy. I sure hope I got the uh, beeps in the right place. Me too. <laughs> now, Craig, um, I know yeah. what we like to do here. Um, and so did you find any uh, Kids Bob versions of this song? <laughs> There's way too many. So uh, I think we just play the original. Fair enough. Let's play the clean version. I'm not going to play the uh, real version. We're, we're cowards. We're not going to play the uh, dirty version, okay? Fair enough. All right, here we go. Take it away, Cardi B. Mouth. Look at my thigh, 
rise, it's weather is wet, come take a dive Tie me up like I'm surprised, that's roleplay, I wear disguise I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage Make me dream, make it stream, I don't public, make the scene So I'm not too uh, familiar with the this song um, Now it's a cover, right? It was originally like a John Lennon tune, I'm thinking Yeah, and the version that you played, honestly, it sounds like it, the day at kindergarten you know, you learn to clean with a Muppet and a, a Muppet, a, a, mop, a, a, a bucket and a mop. And then, you know, you eat a cookie and then, you know, you role play and you pretend like it's a Mack truck. You know, kids like trucks. Yeah. So I assume that this song is all about kindergarten. How is this the number one song, Steve? When, uh, a, I don't know. Okay. I mean, this is obviously not our um, demographics. Yeah. I mean, the video is a lot of fun. And, uh. I'm sure Bernie Sanders loves it. He's a huge uh, Cardi B fan. Yeah, they're BFFs. Yeah. I hope she's taking care of her kid. <laughs> she has a kid? Ooh. Yeah. I feel like I should know that and I don't, but huh. <laughs> well, Steve, I think you I think you have a WAP. You know? <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't know what it stands for, Steve. It, it's uh you have a WAP. I think it stands for a welcoming anal passageway. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> You, you, somebody knocks on the door, you gotta let him in. Right, see, what's this episode about again? <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Burns, that's uh, Monty Burns to you, goes undercover as Fred at the nuclear power plant and becomes friends with Homer and the gang. And Burns implements sorts, uh, all sorts of uh, amenities to improve his employers' lives. But a jealous Smithers plots to bring the old bitter Burns back. All right. Go ahead and watch this episode. If you didn't watch it live, you could go on to Hulu. So uh, let's get on to the Hulu, watch it, come back and discuss. Yeah, be a lot of fun. We'll come back and we'll talk about it to you or at you. With like you. At you. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Macaroni in a pot. That's some wet ass pussy. Huh. And we're back. Today we're talking about Undercover Burns, the first episode of the 32nd season. It originally aired on September 27th, 2020. It is episode 685 in the show's run. Your nerd code is ZABF19. It was written by David Crayon, 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 uh, directed by Bob Anderson, and your showrunner is Al Jean. So David Crane, Crayon, Crayon, um, <laughs> doing a little research on this guy, and uh, well... See, this is his only writing credit as of now. I uh, found this on the website, thestar.com, and a little article about this guy and about uh, how this happened. So according to uh, thestar.com, I'll give you a little quick background here. Is, uh, he's only 29, Steve. Oh, good for him. And his favorite character is Mr. Burns. Okay, so Crane's opportunity arose by reaching out to Algae on Twitter in 2018. Uh, he had done the same thing eight years earlier and received some positive feedback. He asked Gene if he would read some of his scripts. Gene requested scripts for other shows that uh, Crane and Crane sent him three. And Al Gene got back to him with a couple weeks and was particularly impressed by his scripts were Veep and Curb Your Enthusiasm. The uh, Georgetown District High School grad was hoping to have the chance to submit a script to The Simpsons. Instead, he got something even better, an invitation to join the show's writing staff. Crayon said uh, it was the most surreal thing you could ever imagine, and it was truly bizarre. But his dream job would be blocked by his U.S. 
visa application. The visa requirements state that to work in the industry, he must have a film or related degree. So he said uh, it was like having a lottery ticket and not being able to cash it. So instead, he was offered a freelance opportunity to write an episode. He brainstormed about 10 ideas, but eventually settled on the one revolving around Mr. Burns. And uh, it took him two weeks to write this episode. So, uh, yeah. Wow. This guy's actually doing the things that we talk about wanting to do. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a decade younger than us. Yeah. Hmm. We never have guests on the show. This would have been the one to get. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing uh, what, what, what's going to be coming from uh, this guy's career in, in uh, television writing. So that's, that's yeah. cool. You know, Steve, the, what we've learned here is you make your own luck. If you want to just go for it. Keep going. Yeah. Keep trying. That's it's true. If you want to start your own bad podcast, you know, you got to make it yourself. <laughs> and to do that, go to anchor.fm. <laughs> start today. That's right. Uh, right. Speaking of starting, we have a couch gag. It's the first couch gag, Steve, of 2000. Well, not 2020, but of season 32, at least. Yeah. And it's funny because we just cut right to the couch gag. No no title card, no chalkboard, no uh, billboard. Just boom. There we go. Means we got a little longer of an episode. Seems like it. So as the uh, Simpsons rush to the couch like normal, they fall down. The camera moves back to show uh, green screen with uh, Nelson sitting in front of a computer. And he laughs and says, ha ha, green screen. That was a great couch gag. Yeah, nice and tight. That's what she said. And you know, with uh, all of our lives being what they are now, we are... uh, all using green screens and computers. Yeah. Do you think that was a reference to uh, quarantining and staying home? Because a lot of people on these Zoom chats, Steve and I don't do this, but they'll put a green screen behind them to, uh, I don't know, look like they're in Tahiti. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is kind of a quick reference to that. Yeah. When we started to Zoom and I think we, we tried the video chat, but it's too distracting. Yeah. I don't want to look at my face. Your face is fine, Craig. Uh, I don't want to look at your face. I want to look at mine. So I get distracted. So uh, what if I just wore a mask <laughs> of you like Maud from a few episodes? Back, like, I'm Craig. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should wear Simpsons masks. <laughs> yeah. Well, our episode actually begins at the old nuclear power plant where it's take your kids to work day as depicted on a sign with a smiling clown. And there's a numerous attractions including meet the isotopes springfield's amateur hockey league team touch the plutonium where the child touches the nuclear material causing his hand to glow green (laughs) uh useless solar power which is just a pinata of the sun and being pulled by cooter who was originally played by the late jim farney also known as ernest in season nine's bart carney you know i think we talked about it a few podcasts ago where these later seasons are now just flat out like just put in easter eggs Mm-hmm. And I thought the cooter was a great, great Easter egg. Yeah, it was like, like the, the what was Mr. Bergstrom from a few episodes ago. Yeah, just a nice subtle visual gag of like, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, they're 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 changing the voices of all these actors. Can we get someone else to play Cooter? Yeah, like what is Vern doing? I assume he took his life with when uh probably Jim Barney took his. Well, I mean, he had such a life though. He went to prison. He went to camp. He, he saved I, Halloween. He, and Christmas? Probably. How did Jim Varney die? Wasn't it like a cancer thing? I think so. Yeah. Jim Varney can get it from June Diane Raphael. Though. You know that. If you <laughs> yep. How did this get made? <laughs> uh, anyway, so the marching band plays as we see a, a Burns bounce house and an inflatable bounce castle in the shape of the old billionaire's head. And inside we see that the, the children apparently belong to our favorite, Lenny. Hmm. Lenny, I didn't know you had kids. I don't. I hired them to look like I'm a family man. How you doing, Lenny Jr.? Never better, Lenny Sr. Hey, I just got cast as Krusty's kid at a custody hearing. Possible recurring. Later, loser. 
kids. Welcome, Isotots. <laughs> Are you having fun? Yeah! Excellent. Now, as your parents leave you alone with me, let's begin the festivities. <laughs> yes, there they go. Bye-bye. Last mommy out. Excellent. And now declare the start of Put Your Kids to Work Day. Oh, no, Steve. Oh, no. Before we get to that, I do want to say I liked uh, the actor playing Lenny's kid and how he <laughs> talked like Lenny. I do wish that he would have acted like Krusty. <laughs> like when he got a job as Krusty's kid for the uh, uh, I, trial. It'd be funny if he's like, hey, hey. Put on a, like, start working on his Krusty voice. Yeah, but it's a minor complaint. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mr. Burns tugs on a rope and the word put is unfurled or the word take on the take your child to work day sign. Smothers pulls the clown off the sign to expose a skull and crossbones. <laughs> Monty takes off his button that reads fun and hurls it at the bouncy house, impaling it, causing the children inside to run for safety. And then nearby uh, kids are swinging on a merry-go-round and the ride is accelerated, flinging the kids to the quarry maintenance area of the plant <laughs> and other kids riding ponies have the floor below them drop down to show that they're riding towards the uranium mine. And youngsters enjoying the bumper cars are stunned as the safety bar lowers on them and their tiny vehicles are driven automatically into the said power plank. That's right. Only one child is cunning enough to escape the fate of forced labor. And it's Lisa Simpson. She jumps out, out of the bumper car and hides. And Mr. Byrne explains that the plant has over 17,000 contaminated crevices that only the children's tiny hands can reach. And uh, as Bart rides into the workspace, he takes solace in the fact that the ride he's on doesn't have ominous music like some other theme park attractions that are probably owned by the same company that the Simpsons <laughs> are owned by. At least this ride doesn't have a creepy song. You'll work for me or you'll get the lash. You won't get dental health or cash. You'll work for me or... <laughs> That's fun. Uh, so Lisa finds Mr. Burns and looks to confront the miserly businessman who has lit a cigar to celebrate his evil and his errant match popping several balloon animals behind him, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, Lisa tells Monty about U.S. child labor laws and looking to avoid accountability, he ducks into the men's room and hides in a stall. So Lisa refuses to be deterred, Steve. Oh, turd. <laughs> and enters the filthy lavatory to find her man, or should I say, mouse. In this game of cat and mouse, I'm afraid Mr. Mouse is far smarter than... I know you're in here and nothing will stop me. Wait, this is a men's room. Ew, ew, ew. Is that a tuna sandwich on the sink? Oh, gross, gross, gross. <laughs> Ooh, employee cave drawings. Let's see what's on their feeble minds. I once was a lady from China. <laughs> And North Carolina. I assume what's in between is unimportant. <laughs> there, someone drew a big crying cucumber. That's nice. Ooh, something about me. I'll need my cheaters for this. All right, a couple things before we get into that. Uh, sure. <laughs> like how you added your little line uh, earlier, but I had a suggestion when Lisa was saw the tuna sandwich. She was like, oh, gross, gross. I thought there should have been a, the door opening when she's leaving and just have like Homer go like, it is and then go <laughs> that would be fun because that is really gross and it's something homer would do yeah 
I like how we feel spoilers that this whole episode is going to be Lisa exposing Burns or something to uh, child labor laws, but she's literally gone after this episode. <laughs> like that scene is like that eh, she's done. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Simpsons family in general are not super uh, present in this. Uh, I mean, they don't need to be. It's kind yeah. of f- funny. Well, we'll get to it when we get there. But yeah, <laughs> this is the uh, we've asked for for the the Lenny and Carl show. <laughs> it's true. Um, also, I don't know that lyric, but I like the. Uh, the way it flows about China and North Carolina and whatever's in between. <laughs> Actually, I want to know. Because I, you know what? I don't know any lyrics, like all those raunchy lyrics. Like there once was a man from Nantucket with a yeah. dick so big he could suck it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was just good at boating. <laughs> I found it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. There was once a lady from China who got diagnosed with angina. She went to a gyno who said, what do I know? My degree is from North Carolina. That was dumb. Yeah, it was. There once was a podcaster from Portland who sucks. <laughs> it's us. Oh. Yeah. And uh oh hey, how about the I love the the line readings there, Mr. Burns and the uh and the stall the, the cucumber. The crying cucumber. The crying cucumber, yeah. Let's get that on a t shirt. <laughs> I like it. But literally just like a little cartoon character of a like a little cucumber. Yeah, with a cute little face. Oh, Like a Pinchy, you know, when Homer saw the lobster Pinchy mm-hmm. in that episode. Be like that, but a cucumber. I just had this horrible vision in my head of like this like pervert who likes to flash people. <laughs> and so we see his dick and it's really ugly. But then we see it from his perspective and he's like holding his dick. And it's all adorable and cute because that's the way he sees it. I don't know why my head went there. I don't. Oh, boy. Huh. Anyway, yeah. so as Mr. Burns puts on his comically large glasses, we see the, the employees have written, Burns sucks, drawn his visage being chopped in the head with a hatchet, and other scribblings such as, for a good time, don't call Burns, and what's a million years old, and we all hate. <laughs> so Monty discovers that the men hate him, but he goes to check to see if the ladies' room and how they feel. And as he opens the door, he finds an effigy of him, and uh, that apparently he just found out that effigies can be burned. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in that episode. There, that whole chunk is very good. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Burns returns to his office to relate his findings to Smithers. The obedient underling tells his boss not to worry, as the employees have been well pacified by intimidation, which Mr. Burns uh, corrects as alleged intimidation, <laughs> and he winks at a stuffed polar bear. Then the beatings, which Mr. Burns corrects and says alleged beatings, which he points and uh, winks at <laughs> the head of a mounted moose. And finally, the poisonings, or the alleged poisonings which <laughs> mr burns remembers all the good times he had as he winks once more this time at a bottle of cyanide okay well i liked all the alleged stuff steve yeah it was it was a lot of fun uh but mr burns worries that uh you know there's this undercurrent of contempt for him and though lackey smithers denies it mr burns opens his window to see lenny and carl talking to one another in the parking lot you're saying burns is worse than hitler well not worse at his job than hitler but a worse person Huh, was that the work whistle? Eh, who cares? <laughs> Everywhere I'm surrounded by malcontents, ptarmigans, and lennies. Well, we could show the workers some actual respect, uh, considering how many have died. Or I could go undercover and infiltrate the workers. I'm beginning to suspect these monitors have been tampered with. I've assembled a world-class team to create your undercover disguise. The face mask specialist from the Mission Impossible movies. I made Ving Rhames look like Christian Chenoweth. I don't know any of those words, but I'm impressed. We'll also provide you with a dynamic new body. Ooh, does everything work? Everything that works for you now. Damn it, that's only two things. 
And we top off the disguise with a voice modulation chip. Mr. Burns, I'm gonna make you sound hella different. Oh, yeah. Let's get to work. What are the only two things that works on Mr. Burns now? I was just about to write that on the notes. Well, clearly his mouth works because he can talk. His eyes? Maybe his eyes, maybe sort his of. butt. Yeah, his papers. Yeah. What's the thing that he wants to work, Steve? <laughs> his pancreas. Oh, okay. He can't do what a pancreas does, which we all know. <laughs> it it pancreas. Yeah, pancreas. Um, mm, pancake crust. Uh, that so, was a long clip. Yeah, so a couple things here. Let's talk about new Carl. Yes, uh, Alex Desert. Desert. Mm. Desiree. Desert. Uh, he uh, is a character actor. He's been in Swingers. and uh, The movie, Steve, the movie. That's right. I don't know if he's been <laughs> in Swingers. I mean, I don't know his personal life at all. I mean, he's <laughs> Swingers. Nothing wrong. Perfectly yeah. great. Yeah, it's fine, baby. Your money, and you don't even know it. <laughs> but also, he was uh, a blind gentleman on the hit animated sitcom, Becker. Yes, you could do the joke, Steve. Yes, it's, it's my favorite work of Post Malone. Explain the joke, Steve. Uh, Ted Danson played the character Sam Malone in the sh- in the show Cheers, and then later in a post Sam Malone career move, he played Doctor Becker, the chain smoking angry doctor in the sitcom Becker. See, it's pretty funny, especially when I explain it. I understand now, Steve. You know, it's funny. Speaking of Cheers, I saw a meme on the uh, what's it called? The internet? Yeah, the internet. Oh, yeah. And. It was a picture of the Cheers cast, and it said, uh, y'all like this TV show, but if you think about it, every one of these characters would have voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And uh, we're, we're not a political podcast, and I got thinking about that. I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. Here, okay, well, okay. here's what I would think. Uh, the Cranes, Frazier, and Lilith, definitely they've always voted liberal, so, they're, yeah. so they would have voted for Hillary. Rebecca definitely would have voted for Trump because she even like name drops Trump. Because if you don't remember, Trump was still kind of like in the 80s, like, you know, women wanted him. Right. And there's also that 80s conquest for money and power. Right. Which he at the time was a symbol of because he had all that money and he paid all those taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then I'm thinking uh, Cliff would have definitely voted. I think Cliff would have voted for Trump over Hillary. Cliff's a third party voter. Oh, I think you're right. He would have He would have voted for Jill Stein. Okay. You're right. Uh, I think Sam is a non-voter. He probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have voted for anybody. Yeah. Woody, um, Woody would have actually been part of the Trump administration because <laughs> he went into politics. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I think he probably would have voted for Trump because, you know, he's a, the Bible Belt. He's from that area. Yeah, I could see Norm voting for Trump, not because he likes him, but he wants to save money on his taxes or whatever. Yeah. Like He's like, eh, it helps me. I don't care. Um, Carla... Carla's, I don't, I think she would probably vote for Trump too. He tells it like it is and she appreciates that. And she doesn't like other women really. So she Mm -hmm. would have hated Hillary. It's true. And then uh, who we forget? Oh, Diane, of course, would have voted for Hillary. Bernie. Yeah, she probably been on the Bernie campaign. She probably been working for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was all the characters? Yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. Melville would have voted for Trump. <laughs> if Coach was alive, uh, he would also be like Sam. Probably wouldn't vote. He'd vote for Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> right. He'd be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Now, if it's the 2020 election, I think they would all just vote Biden. So. Yeah, I, I would assume so. All right. Huh. There's your cheers talk. Where everybody knows your name. Back to the new Carl. Uh, new Carl. It's great. I've got no complaints. No, there's, I mean, 
you hear a little bit of Hank and then kind of excuse away, but I'm, I'm not saying it's bad or, you know, anything. I, it, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't care really. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't it, like it's, it's totally fine. And I think that Alex did a great job and I think that what he's doing, and I might be wrong, but it sounds like he might be doing a Carl impression initially. And then as the season progresses, he might find his own way, you know, and yeah. make it his own. But I, I think, think it's totally fine. Just needs to get the, his cadence, just working on the cadence that Hank put down and yeah. Yeah. You know, things change. And I think I've become too part of like the fandom community where like I'm sick of toxic fans who yeah. have, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but man, the Star Wars fan community is probably one of the most toxic fan communities out there. I would believe that. I would think so. I mean, they, <laughs> they just shit on like all the new movies and they shit on the prequels. And it's like, dude, they're just fucking kids movies. <laughs> and I think we've talked about this before, but a new thing does not take away your no. appreciation of an old thing. No. All right. So we're giving a plus to uh, Alex Deza. Does that? Does that? Okay. Anyways. There's like an accent over the first E, and yeah. I'm not smart enough to know what that. I say desert. I like desert. <laughs> uh, what else we got in that clip there? We played. Uh, we got photo uh, the photo wall of the dead workers who I looked at it, and unless I'm wrong, it doesn't seem to be like any callback to anything. Looking at it too. It's just a bunch of people. They could be some writers or uh, I think it's just characters. Like production people. Right. Yeah, because there's not really anyone that stands out to me in this. Yeah. I just assume that it's either like people that the the animators know or the writers know or just you know like a personal nod to people yeah like hey you're in the, you're in the photo here mm-hmm. pause it <laughs> so then we get uh one of that lines was uh that burns thinks that all the monitors are covered mm-hmm. and indeed they are so we got some uh wacky monitors yep we have one covered with tape uh over a, a sign over a rerun of will fortune that says nothing to see here uh, we got uh, one that says a uh, sign says working hard, but with, with you, you know, kind of like uh, is that do you think Homer did that? Because the the writing is there's some lowercase and then they put some uppercase and yeah, and the R's are different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> could be. Uh, next up, we have a pinwheel that's kind of blowing <laughs> in the wind. Oh, we got one from the scariest movie ever made, Steve. It's true. Train coming at you. It's coming right at you. I'm surprised that it like Burn should have been scared. I know. He's like, <laughs> that locomotion is moving. <laughs> um, we have a sign that reads all good. We get a fun smiley face. Um, someone spray painting the camera. We get someone watching Itchy and Scratchy. And we have a screen that has a presumably a cream pie thrown in it. Although who's to say what that white liquid is? I'd like to come. Okay, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the- bring your child to work day. Jeez. <laughs> oh, like a rumba. So then we get the Mission Impossible uh, disguise person is loosely based on Joanne Mendez, who was the chief of disguise at the CIA, who appeared on uh, this week's episode of NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah, this is just a fun thing that I happened to catch upon because I listened to that as a podcast. It's also a radio show. It's the first podcast I ever listened to. Um, but anyway, she's led a fascinating life where like she fooled presidents and she actually did like the take your face off thing like they do in Mission Impossible. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, she's that good. Like she's been a man, like de- dealing with dignitaries, and nobody knows. So I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. That that's like a real person. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So as Mission Impossible style a music starts playing, we see the experts' handiwork, and Mr. Burns now has the body in the face of a man who is half his age, seventy-eight, making Monty a nice one hundred and fifty-six years young. Yes. And uh, Burns requests a mountain stream to examine his new body, but is given a mirror instead. And we see uh, a young, gruff, mustachioed 
worker in coveralls who slightly resembles actor David Harbour. Which is coincidental as we meet Fred Cranepool from Turbine Maintenance, voiced by Mr. Stranger Things himself. Burns, in his human suit, makes his way to the cafeteria to integrate himself with his fellow workers, undercover boss style. Hello, Joe. What do you know? Just got back from the picture show. Beat it, weirdo. You're fired. You can't fire me. Hey, newbie, over here. Homer <laughs> Simpson? Fred. Uh, no, that's not it. Fred Cranepool. You seem like a happy lot here at the nuclear plant, suckling from the teed of the great C. Montgomery Burns. <laughs> you said teat. <laughs> yes, I did, didn't I? <laughs> now that we're chums, what's on your mind? Any complaints? Insubordinate remarks? Actually, now that you mention it... Yes. Uh-oh, better get back to work. Well, so soon. Oh, sorry, but Mr. Burns has a special way of telling you lunchtime's over. <laughs> David Harbour, he's having fun here. You know, we talked a lot about, and we will talk a lot about voice acting in this episode, I feel. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, I don't want to say he's all over the place, but he does kind of goes through a range of emotions vocally throughout the episode. He's just very, I feel like he's being very actorly. And yeah. last year or maybe three years ago, time means nothing anymore. Uh, he released like a little short on Netflix where it was him in a meta play about Frankenstein. Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. And he was kind of doing the same thing where he was just being like very like Broadway and very Shakespearean and very like, yes! Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like he's having fun with this, like, but is it really the sound of, you know, is Mr. Burns, <laughs> you know? That's what I, like... It's weird because he is kind of, he's sort of emulating Mr. Burns while also sort of emulating the Fred character who's supposed to be like a blue collar guy. And it kind of goes up and down and it kind of doesn't have like sense as to why it's doing what it's doing. His voice, I mean. Do you think that maybe Harry did all the lines and then David like listened to him? how Burns would do it and then kind of emulate in his voice the delivery. That's a really interesting thought. You might be right. Also then I don't really think Harry would have put that time in to help another actor out. That's true. He's he seems like famed as being not the nicest of people. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's just not uh he doesn't see he comes off uh, uh, kind of standoffish to others. Yeah. And he is the one who almost quit the show. Yeah. And he's the one also he's talked about how he's not gonna stop doing Dr. Hibbert. Yeah. Because uh, he just thinks like, well, this is, I treat this like it's an old, you know, it's like a radio play. And like, that's what voice actors are supposed to do is be other characters. You know, he's like, I'm not an old billionaire. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. this and this and this. So I'm not going to stop playing Dr. Hibbert, which we're not a political podcast. So I'm just going to step out and make people do what they have to do. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the show, Steve. <laughs> Alrighty. The hounds have been released. And as Lenny tells a tale of a far off power plant without attacking dogs, Mr. Burns learns that the releasing of the hounds can be rather cruel when you're on the other side of it. And Lenny agrees and he wipes the rabies drool from his lips and Mr. Burns takes pity on his fellow co-workers and gives them each one buffalo nickel. Oh. And this uh, creates a bond. Homer invites their new friend to Moe's. Moe's? Yeah, it's a bar that was featured on I'll Drink What Phil's Drinking with Phil Rosenthal. Mm. What animal is this egg from? Uh, I want to say horse. Oh, could I be sick in this? Oh, <laughs> somebody take Phil to the hospital. Fred, buddy, you coming? I'm in. Just need to signal Smithies. 
So like, again, talking about uh, Harbor and his like delivery, like the opening of Moe's. Sounds like you were kind of like that cadence. Yeah, I really liked the reading of Moe's. <laughs> Moe's? <laughs> that did kind of capture a good Burnsian kind of yeah. voice. Um, I, and I do like Mo trying to figure out what the egg is in his horse. <laughs> also, some... it's uh, Phil Rosenthal. He's great. Yeah, he'll be on the podcast later. Yeah, he yeah. says a lot of like unoriginal things, so we may have to cut him. But all right, we'll cut him. Yeah, but uh, check out his Netflix show. Somebody feed Phil. It's a lot of fun. Are we gonna pay for that? Hopefully. Is Netflix a sponsor now? You go to Netflix.com/slash Annoyed Grump Boys for your 15-minute trial. <laughs> Yep, you can't watch anything, but you can look at the screen and try and decide. <laughs> so, and with that, uh, Cranepool's head opens up to reveal a little tiny rocket that launches into the air, flying through the pl- plant and uh, through a hole in a donut and entering a key code. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh, gaining access to the Smithers office, hitting him squarely on his noggin. That's right. And at Moe's, Homer buys their new acquaintance a beer, which the bartender slides across the bar, knocking the body of the old man to the ground. Cranepool thanks his friends, which sounds unfamiliar coming out of his mouth. Friends. After one sip of old John Barleycorn, Cranepool realizes that his coworkers are all right. All they want is friendship and respect. And some evil. I mean, football. Well, that was fun visual gags there with the uh, <laughs> falling off the uh, bar stool by being pushed by a beer. Yeah. So uh, Barney steps into the bar late to find that uh, his seat has been taken. And though there are evidently no other places for the bar fly to sit, Mo has luckily instituted a drive through service, which Barney utilizes by grabbing several steins of beer in his parking truck, Steve. Nice. Which happens to have some uh, snow in the back. So it's good to know that uh, Barney's still plowing. <laughs> And he's working at the uh, as a plow king too. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it, it seems a little dangerous to have a uh, a bar with a drive-through window. Mm-hmm. But in these times of COVID, it seems you a little got safer. you got to socially distance. So it seems <laughs> right. yeah, maybe it's better. Um, We're not advocating to drink and drive. <laughs> yeah, drive then drink. Yeah, I mean, I know there is actually is like drive-through liquor stores. Yeah, and, and they get mad when you do different. that. Yeah, <laughs> step into my joke. It's fine. Um, so. Uh, Mr. Burns, bonding with his underlings, continue with the montage uh, to the tune of Wars, Why Can't We Be Friends, with uh, such fun experiences such as... Gil driving into Burns in the bodysuit, causing the car to crash. <laughs> Which I don't know if it's a commentary on how strong this costume is or how crappy Gil's car is, but maybe a little bit of both. Well, I would say it has to be Gil's crappy car because we saw a beer can take Mr. Burns out. That's a good in, point. In the suit. <laughs> Um, they're sharing a roller coaster ride when uh, Fred's head pops off, exposing Mr. Burns. So no one's uh, ex- no one sees it because they're all enjoying the ride. Uh, Fred consuming several of the horse eggs and then seeing them just appear on the burn suit. So he's not actually eating them, Steve. That's right. Another rocket message to Smithers telling him not to wait up because Burns will be out with the boys all night long. We get Crane Pool on a fishing trip with Homer, Lenny, and Carl, in which they enjoy the bounty of the bullet-ridden fish that Burns killed with his old-timey ride. <laughs> uh, like shooting fish in a barrel and a karaoke night where homer sings the very song of the montage when uh monty slash fred opts for a bit more of an older tune okay um your turn to sing fred 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 Fred. (laughs) very well i've got a toe tapper everyone can sing along with the spaniard that blighted my life the Spaniard that blighted my life, BLH1493, go. List me while I tell you of the Spaniard that blighted my life. Everybody! List me while I tell you of the man that pinched my future wife. 
those idiots like me for me, Fred Cranepool. Uh, sir, I'm worried. The suit just detected a heartbeat. I'm turning you off. Other button, sir. Shut up. That you used to be a jockey of karaoke, mm-hmm. and I liked it the forceful way that the K- the KJ there knew the code, and I thought if it brought back any memories for you, Steve, the codes were like outdated when I even was. Oh, KJ, yeah, used to be back in the day, you'd have to like put in a code. But uh, no, not in those days. Okay, as I say, I like how they all know the song, but then I forgot it's karaoke, so you could just like fake it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we used to do that back in the karaoke days. A lot of times in the beginning of the night when there was no one around and no one, you know, the you started like eight o'clock and there's just like regulars there and you don't have like a crowd yet. So you have to like sometimes just like sing songs just to make noise <laughs> uh, instead of having background music on. So a lot of times like regulars and I would just like take the book and just open it up and go point and sing that song. But we had to make sure that we had never even heard that song. Mm-hmm. So we the uh, scary Oh yes, was a thing that we would do. So you just play a song, and I, I and I, you know, learned a lot of songs based off of that, and uh, it was fun. Nice. Yeah. Just what do it. The... Well, I'm just saying, just it's if you don't know what to sing, just do it because you hear the mu- the melody, and then the words pop, and you're like, I can't, I can figure this out. Yeah, and you know, there's some people who just kind of pick it up, and there are people like me who just generally suck. So yeah. <laughs> either way, no matter how well you know the song, it's kind of predestined about how well you're gonna do. Yeah. So here's my here's my uh, advice to anybody: never try anything because it's already predestined how well you're going to do. <laughs> you have no will or no fate. Oh man, that's depressing. <laughs> or maybe you do, and you'll just fail because you're not good at things. Yeah. Wait, that was supposed to be more positive. <laughs> what does Homer say? Trying is the first step towards failure. There you go. And uh, karaoke bars, those aren't coming back anytime soon. No, I don't think so. Oh. Well, speaking of karaoke, it's uh, done. Back to Burns' mansion, and Smithers is pacing the floor as it's time to read Burns' his bedtime story, which is a, a fun little Simpsons joke they like to bring up all the time. It's Anne Rand's The Fountainhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Burns is nowhere to be seen. But suddenly, Monty, in his crane pool outfit, walks in. As Smithers removes Monty from his extra body, Burns announces that he's had the night of his life. He has friends. He never truly had friends before. Just frenemies. Or as they also are known, French enemies. <laughs> and then we get a nice uh, picture of the two French winemakers from seasons one, The Crepes of Wrath, which is just a great callback. I mean, I don't know how they became friends, but pretty awesome. You know, I thought, uh, thought uh, that image there would be a great t-shirt. Huh. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But again, it was like the, the cooter callback, too, to seeing them. And God, I don't think we saw the French guys just since Crepes, Crepes of Wrath. Yeah. I don't think that they've made an appearance. So it's cool oh. to see them. That's uh, honestly one of my favorite season one episodes. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, anyways, we get uh, Smithers expressing his uh, more than friendly feelings towards his boss and asks if Burns has learned any scuttlebutt from the union. But Burns only cares about the union of men, a concept that Burns feels Smithers would know nothing about. <laughs> oh boy, would he be surprised, Steve. Oh yeah. Mr. Burns or Smithers knows all about the union of men. He's a very important businessman. Yep. Nothing else. Um, back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, Marge asks Homer where he's been. Where have you been? You missed dinner. There's this really cool new guy at the plant. You know what's cool? Is spending time with your family. That's not cool. Yeah, Mom, it really isn't. I agree with Mom on everything but this. I'm sorry, definitely not cool. Oh, all right, all right. I just don't trust new people in this town. Like Lady Gaga? She came, she inspired Lisa, and we never heard from her again. 
Who needs friends like that? <laughs> okay, so a couple <laughs> things. Sure. Marge has some of the best lines in this uh, little clip there. I like uh, hanging out with your family is cool. and It's not cool. No, never. <laughs> and uh, the last reference to uh, Lady Gaga. I thought that was great. Now, that's a, uh, I think it's a dig too at the show and, and a nice nod to the fans because that's still considered a very controversial episode. And we've brought it up many times on this podcast. Yeah. And we have yet to review it. So but here's, far. Here's my plea to you, Steve. <laughs> Not All my right. plea, my promise. Steve, we've never, we never have guests on this show. True. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to DM Lady Gaga from our Twitter account. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Miss Gaga or Stephanie, whatever you want to be called, uh, would you like to come on our eighth rate Simpsons podcast to discuss the episode that you were on? <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> No the plugs, one that please. everyone maligns and doesn't like. Yeah, I just want uh, fans out there uh, uh, tweet at her too. I uh, say to do our podcast. She could be a guest. We will not mention anything about music. Or she can't plug anything. <laughs> just has to come on and talk about the Simpsons. That's right. Could you imagine? <laughs> It'd be like the funniest <laughs> thing. Like, oh, we actually have Lady Gaga. No one would believe us. I know. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, should we just work on a Lady Gaga impersonation? Exactly. <laughs> Your wife is the one who does impersonations. That's true. She does a really good Marge. She's a regular old Melissa Villasenor. Yeah, she's a regular uh, Rich Little. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> At least I was trying to do a, a contemporary female who does impersonations. Sorry, a regular Phyllis Diller. <laughs> was Phyllis Diller known for impersonations? I don't know. A regular um, Minnie Pearl. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, we won't do the Lady Gaga episode until we get Lady Gaga herself on this podcast, Steve. That's our promise to you. <laughs> Is this a way for us to never ever review that episode? Let's hope so. <laughs> um, also, you talk about, uh, we've talked about maybe when we've reviewed newer episodes and uh, Julie uh, Cavanier's voice of uh, Marge is sounding off. And guys, she's 70 years old. That voice is hard on her, man. Please true. give her some slack. She's still doing the show. That's and, all. Yeah, and she's always had, you know, a gravelly voice, and it's got to be really exhausting on the vocal cords. You try talking like this all the time. You know, even as a joke, we can't do it. So yeah. So stop with stop with the the Julie hate. Yeah. Of of her voice sounding off. She's seventy years old. Yes. <sighs> okay. I'm done with my. Uh, I'm done with being on my high horse. Alrighty. I'm gonna get on my tiny horse and say. The next day, Fred asks his new chums about the more about more gallivanting, but Lenny and Carl explain that they have some work to do. Uh, Smithers comes in and Burns, as Cranepool, sends Waylon away, defeated. The co-workers are amazed by Fred's ability to, quote-unquote, pwn the supervisor. It's a term that I haven't heard in uh, quite a while. <laughs> I think it's a term that they would use because they've heard kids use it before. Yeah, because it's not dated. fairly old. <laughs> yeah, it would have been funny if uh, Burns is like, you guys still say pwn? That's an old <laughs> reference. <laughs> um, anyway, so Fred plans on taking a three-hour nap after his kerfuffle, but Lenny points out that Smithers is going to be busy drowning his sorrows in Pamplemouse Perrier. Which is grapefruit sparkling water. Uh, leaving Burns's office open, this is the perfect opportunity for Fred to get a decent benefits package from Burns. Ooh. Mr. Smithers would like a benefit package from Burns. Oh, yeah. Me? Talk to Burns? I wouldn't. I couldn't. He's got the sharpest mind in all 46 states. Hey, come on, please, for your friends. I won't let you down. You down, you down, you down, you down, you down. I'll help you, friends. Don't you understand, Burns? Without the workers, this plant is nothing. If you give them respect, it comes back to you a hundredfold. 
Respect the workers? What next? Put batteries in the smoke detectors? Have you no heart? I certainly do. I'm not flooding this room with mustard gas right now. To give you a chance to tell your buddies that you failed. But then they might not like me anymore. You're right. Friendship is something worth treasuring. Boy, he's really wrecking parents over the coals. Yeah, I like how they're not interrupting each other. So polite. Yes, Spirit, yes. I'll give them everything they want. <laughs> this we heard everything. Clearly, it was two people talking. Uh, a couple things. Uh, Mr. Burns says uh, all 46 states. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the 46 states would have been Oklahoma, Steve, and that was entered the Union November 16th, 1907. Do you know what the 47th state was or is? No. <laughs> Um, it would be New Mexico. Oh, I entered uh, January 6, 1912. Huh. So he doesn't recognize uh, New Mexico. Arizona would be the 48th. Uh, 49th would be Alaska. And the 50th would be Hawaii. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like New Mexico a lot. I've been there. It's fun. So I'll recognize that state. But the other three can go kick rocks. Well, I used to spend time in Arizona. Oh, yeah. On the East Coast, everyone retires to Florida. Whereas mm. on the West Coast, everyone retires to uh, Arizona. It's true. They do have more Denny's per capita than any other state. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, the 51st state, Steve? Denial. That's right. <laughs> We're going to Egypt. All right. Um, <laughs> I was a fan of the, uh, the, you know, like, there's definitely two people. <laughs> and, like, I like how they're being polite and letting each other talk. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I really like that line a lot. And I thought it was fun that we had a little cameo of Dr. Hibbert not talking. <laughs> yeah. He just runs into the field of stethoscope. That was great. <laughs> so uh, Homer, Lenny, and Carl uh, praise their pal and give him a friend uh, punch to the gut, which indents the body of Fred. Byrne pops out the dent when Smithers questions Byrne's motives. Monty states that there is no Mr. Burns, only Fred. Montgomery Burns died when he put on that suit, as well as six other times this week. And then Fred runs up to catch up with his buddies as the beers are on him. He's going to have two tonight. That's right, two sips of beer. Woo! Uh, so the next morning at home, Marge has been up since 2 a.m. roasting a breakfast turkey. <laughs> We've talked about this before. We have a lot of food talk. But like our moms would wake up at like two in the morning to cook a turkey for some reason on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was always like at six in the morning. Like I don't because I make Thanksgiving now. Yeah. Is there, is there going to be a Thanksgiving this year, Steve? We're not doing one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we might do one as in like I'll get the, the food, but it's just gonna be two of us. Yeah, I think we're going to do. What do we decide on? We're doing like I think we're doing uh, Portuguese, not Portuguese. We're doing another ethnicities dinner just for fun. OK. Yeah. Anyway, unfortunately, Homer doesn't have the time for food as he has to get to work. This causes a series of spit takes from Bart, Lisa, Maggie, who spits out her pacifier, Grandpa, who spits out his uh, dentures, Snowball 2, who spits out a mouse, <laughs> and that mouse spits out a chunk of cheese, which, uh, as cartoon fun goes, that's a lot of it. I like that a lot. I was half expecting the cheese to spit out something. I know. <laughs> like, it would have been funny if it spit out, like, um, Stampy. <laughs> <laughs> weird weird. (laughs) it's kind of a funny uh what was it the episode a few weeks back where homer wasn't having sex and he's like i'm going to work early (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like a theme that we're finding that yeah. uh, when Elmer has any sort of companionship, he doesn't need. To, he wants to work harder. Yeah, the breakfast turkey, like that, doesn't sound good to have turkey at breakfast. No, and you know, famously, turkey is known to make you sleepy. Yeah, you don't want that first thing in the morning. It's because turkey's dry. Yeah, Steve, when I make a turkey, it's not dry. I know. All right. Well, Barge is surprised at Homer's comment and uh, places his toast and single slice of bacon on his head and mocks his father. When did Homer turn into someone who wants to go to work? Oh no, it's in the air. Now I want to go to school and make something of myself. Ooh, la di da di da. Hey, work is amazing now. A magical place where we get what we deserve and more. And it's all due to Fred. Okay, so when are we going to meet this Fred? Oh, you've already met him, Marge. In the smile on my face. <laughs> Should we tell him it's a Saturday? <sighs> Not yet. At least we'll get some of the roast turkey for once. It's like that time when uh, Homer, he's paying for it when he was like, I love these lazy Saturdays. And Marge had to inform him that it's actually a Wednesday. Yeah, so now he's working on Saturday because it's not a stupid Wednesday. Maybe he's making up for that uh, Wednesday he missed. That's right. All right. So Homer heads into the plant with a guard uh, giving him the thumbs up, a coffee stand offering him a hot cup of joe, and a valet parking his car and offering him a Segway to ride 10 feet before he, uh, he tosses that Segway into a dumpster full of slightly used other Segways. And inside we see the cafeteria has been updated with several new restaurants such as... Luftwaffles. Luigi's Italiano. A batter place. The Gilded Truffle. The Frying Dutchman. And even employee-specific eating spots such as... Lenny's Leftovers. Homer's Favorites. And Carl's Cutlets. So uh, at the nuclear power plant is uh, better than ever. Mr. Burns even got gloves for the workers to handle plutonium. They're just like Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> it's true. Did you enjoy <laughs> the... Uh, the restaurants there yeah so craig what would your restaurant be like craig's uh Chicken. okay that makes sense be something lame uh home lenny's yeah homer's favorite's not that lenny's leftovers so is it literally just like lenny's leftover foods yeah he's like i left this over overnight crazy craig's chicken but i'll spell with the c because a k would be weird and bad steve what would yours be steve's soup <laughs> all you need is the old ss <laughs> jesus no no uh <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> nice and zesty. <laughs> Ice Italiano? Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, I would probably just do pizza and french fries. Because I'm a child. Yeah. Steve's Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. Steve's Pizzeria Pearlman. <laughs> <laughs> They're short and feisty. That's right. And they <laughs> and fucked Danny DeVito. And <laughs> they fucked Danny DeVito. <laughs> Before he eat this pizza, Danny DeVito's going to jizz on it for you. <laughs> I'd like mm. to come. Thanks, Danny. It's weird that he's a grown man named Danny. I'm sure he goes by Dan. It's just weird to be like, hi, I'm uh, Daniel DeVito. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we then see that flowers are blooming uh, from the core reactors as the employees are enjoying on-site eye exams, a part of their free vision plan. Homer, Lenny, Carl, and Fred are all sporting new specs and standing around enjoying some champagne. When Smithers comes by, Lenny and Carl uh, state that Waylon has a little effect on them since Fred doesn't like him and can get him fired. Smithers has had enough and he pulls Homer aside. I've had enough. Simpson, come with me. What the? There's something you don't know about your good friend, Fred. I know everything I need to know about Fred. What's his name from wherever he comes? <gasps> oh my god. That's right. 
Fred is Mr. Burns. But wait a minute. Isn't that a good thing? It means he's nice to us now. His niceness is going to put us out of business. These giveaways are bankrupting us. What should we give our friends next, Fred? Morning yoga? Irish brides? Okay, maybe the yoga is going too far. It's all too far. We're going to go the way of the Sears catalog and 20th Century Fox. Are you sure this isn't because you miss the old Burns? Of course I miss him. Who wouldn't? Simpson, if you care about your job and the jobs of everyone in this plant, you'll end your friendship with Mr. Burns. Permanently. No problem. As long as I'm still friends with Fred. Burns is Fred. What? Oh, he is not. <laughs> but in that clip, there's a fun bit of iconography with the, and the tyranny number one. That's fun. Eh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> What, you think we should put that on a t-shirt, Steve, to celebrate season 32? Ah, uh, maybe not. All right. Our final act begins at the Simpsons dinner table, where Homer is depressed because he can't be friends with Fred anymore. Bart explains that he can't help, as he sucks at telling his friend off. We then see that Millhouse is right next to him, still in the house from the sleepover they had two days ago. So Millhouse attempts to call his parents, but they can't be bothered as they're sitting poolside, catching some sun, and a topless mm. kicks her phone into the pool, and as the smartphone sinks into the water, the caller ID of Millhouse's face turns to a frown. <laughs> I, I also like how they're uh Luann and kurt are they're on a sexy little vacation yeah Luann's looking pretty good she could be my lindsey nagel maybe oh <laughs> and she has a kind of annoying personality but yeah i blame that on kirk right she just, she just needs somebody to let her be herself okay anyway <laughs> at the power plant bistro homer tries to tell fred that he can't hang out with him anymore homer uses work as an excuse as he looks for his console underneath the chocolate fountain. Lenny and Carl arrive with the hopes of getting even more from Mr. Burns. We were just working on a list of new things you can get old man Burns to give us. What do you mean, old man Burns? <laughs> I mean, he's so old! Fossilized scarecrow. You know, I've never seen Fred and Burns at the same time. Which means you must hate Burns, too. Well, we, we don't really hate him. Mr. Burns is a withered old corn husk with a rotten apple for a head, and I'm getting special clogs made up so I can river dance on his grave. You ungrateful jackals. Smithers, where's the kill button? Uh, there isn't one, sir. How many times have I told you everything must have a kill button? Unhand me, you ape. Why am I always referred to as an ape? Never a gorilla or an orangutan. Oh, monkey want a banana? Oh, you incredibly complex! I, I thought you were my friends. A lot going on that clip there. Oh, yeah. Aren't gorillas apes? Sure. Okay. But I like how Homer is a little mad about that, Steve. Yeah. Also, he's got a chocolate fountain under his, or where his console should be. That's <laughs> yeah. a... Seems dangerous. Yeah. Also, chocolate fountains are gross. I, I don't like them. You're dipping something and getting your saliva mixed in with uh, other people's saliva. It's like the ultimate in double dipping. Right. Yeah. Those those need to go away. Yeah. Like, and a, uh, like buffets. Because I know like sweet, not, uh, what's that? Golden Corral. I've seen them there. I'm like, I don't want to try this. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Corral, or not Corrals, but uh, buffets are dead. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, sorry, Vegas. <laughs> oh, they're open, Steve. Oh, yeah. That's right. This <laughs> country's so stupid. Yeah. Sorry. Not a political, that's not even a political statement. Our, our, we're just full of dummies. <laughs> no, we literally are. And uh, I think uh, our, our friend, uh, uh, Kurt Van Houten has something to say about that. This country makes me sick. Quite literally. <laughs> right. 
Uh, anyway, back to happier things. As Fred's arm is yanked off, sparks fly and Mr. Burns, as Fred, runs away. He heads to the nuclear reactor core, past the scenic pitcher spot. Uh, Mr. Burns wiggles his head out of the suit and strangely confronts his alter ego. <laughs> you traitor, you've turned my employees against me. Yeah, but they love me. And soon, there'll be no you. Just Fred! <laughs> attorneys keep telling me why won't you die because i'm the last spark of goodness in you that can't be extinguished i'm glad i went to the bathroom in you i'm good steve i'm glad i went to the bathroom in you me too it was warm yeah i don't have cold poop yeah it'd be weird if you did do snakes poop cold <laughs> is that a sentence did i just make a sentence <laughs> I mean, there are definitely words, there's nouns and <laughs> verbs. Um, I don't know. I've never had a snake shit in my hand before. <laughs> Friends of the podcast out there, if you know if uh, snakes poop cold, let us know at uh, steve at gmail.com. Is that your email address, Steve? It's, it's, that's exactly my email address, <laughs> steve at gmail.com. Okay, cool. I was an early adopter. <laughs> I'm uh, craig at geocities.com. <laughs> I was doing it with my old business partner, Adam, but his wife, Eve, got really mad. So Burns grabs a nearby pipe and fences with the robotic being who chokes Monty and pushes him toward the toxic ooze down below. And Homer runs to see that Monty's pinned under the bodysuit, which is now unconscious. Ooh. Barnes wonders why he can't be feared and loved like God <laughs> or Michael Scott. Uh, Homer explains that it's because he's the boss, like Judith Light. And they are the workers, and it's been that way since the beginning of time. I always thought Mona was the boss. Certainly wasn't Jonathan. And if you follow on Twitter, it's definitely Alyssa Milano now. <laughs> She's a political podcast. It goes back to caveman days. Ten guys killed the mammoth while the boss yelled at them. Then the boss got all the meat, and they got all the toenails. Because that's the way life works. Next came the Renaissance, and the invention of the time clock which meant the boss no longer had to waste time checking on his employees and could become Pope and marry his sister. With recent times came unions and workers' rights, which were then taken away in even more recent times. Wrap it up, Homer. That catwalk is starting to buckle. My point is, no matter what, Mr. Burns, the boss sucks, so why shouldn't you? Why indeed. Back to work. And everything nice is cancelled. Um, does that include... If you have to ask, it's cancelled. Homer making some uh, poignant remarks there, Steve. Yeah. Speaking the truth. That's right. When you get, uh, you, people just become Pope so they can marry their sister. Uh, that was the only thing you got from that? Yeah, that's it. Okay, me too. Okay. Mr. Burns takes one last look at the man he could have become and then throws the suit into the toxic waste. It sinks and then floats back up in the style of, let's say, Joker or maybe the Terminator and then screeches like a hawk <laughs> for some reason that I really enjoy. <laughs> good Simpsons jokes there. Yeah. Carl laments the loss of a good costume and Smithers welcomes back his boss who has left his key fob in the bodysuit. He makes Smithers go into the sludge to retrieve it, but uh, Waylon knows that his old friend is back. Or does he? As Burns takes off his mask to reveal that he was in disguise all along from the expert lady from the earlier episode. And she gives a wink and we get a little wrap up. That's right. Um, 
the exterior of the planet is shown with eyes of Sauron. I got that over the reactor. <laughs> um, Smithers introduces a new employee, an anonymous person who looks kind of like it's Pat, uh, named Don Phonyman. Uh, <laughs> uh, weary from recent events, uh, Lenny and Carl are skeptical, and they send the hounds on the new worker, which uh, the dogs quickly attack the new guy. And we learn that Car- Lenny and Carl also have the ability to access the trapdoors, which Carl falls through. Oh, no. Is that... Uh... We have to recast Carl again? Yeah, or maybe that's just like their contingency plan in case everybody hates the new Carl. They can be like, and he was never seen from again. And the credits roll, and we get uh, we see Burns in his Fred suit. There's some little fun uh, Iron Man homage there. And then we get him singing the Spaniard who uh, lightened my life again, Steve. And that's the show. All righty. Those are the credits, and that's the show. All right. Steve, let's take a break, uh-huh. come back, and discuss the finer things of this episode. All righty. I like that. We'll be right back. Listen to me while I tell you of the Spaniard that blighted my life. Listen to me while I tell you of the man that pinched my future wife. We're back. Craig, let's finish our discussion of the season premiere of season 32, Undercover Burns. Uh, we'll talk about our favorite visual gags, favorite quotes, maybe an external review, and then we'll find out what we're watching next week. Sounds like a plan. Steve, I'll say uh, it's fun. I, I, you know, I know there's plenty of episodes that we haven't reviewed yet that are new to us, mm-hmm. but just getting a, a season premiere of a TV show, especially in the age of COVID right now, where not a lot of TV shows are being produced because of lockdown. So actually getting a season premiere, it's fun. It is. I, it was a nice, uh, nice thing to see. Just a new episode of The Simpsons. It's right. like an old familiar friend just stopping by to say hi. We get to introduce uh, to the new voice of Carl and... Uh, a lot of fun. Um, so we like to do some uh, visual gags. Mm-hmm. I guess there's there's a few that I liked here for like t-shirts, tattoos, that sort of thing. Not necessarily for a t-shirt or tattoo, but I do like the the visual gags that we got to see. Cooter, the French guys. Mm-hmm. Actually, that French that framed with Mr. Burns and the French guys from Crepes of Wrath would be a, kind of a fun t-shirt. It would be. How about the, just the beginning with the kids wearing a Team Lenny shirt? That's an easy shirt to produce. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And it'd be fun to just wear a Team Lenny shirt. I should get a Team Lenny or Team Carl and one more. Yeah, we should each get a Team Lenny or Team Carl <laughs> decide. <laughs> Yeah. If we ever did a live show, we'll we'll wear that. That'd be a lot of fun. But I got to say that image in the power plant with the tyranny is job number one and just the, the drawing of Mr. Burns in black and white doing his signature excellence, you know, pose. I guess that would be the uh, t-shirt I would want. Pretty classic, I would say. Um, I would, uh, there are a lot of good visual gags that, that wouldn't really work on a t-shirt like you referenced the callbacks, but also uh, I really like Mr. Burns winking at the inanimate objects, mm-hmm. the bear, the moose, and the uh, cyanide. Um, I also really enjoyed the uh, spit take gag, just the pure like Simpsonian like need to go the next step with the mouse uh, that really <laughs> made me laugh but yeah I think you're right the uh the tyranny is job one is just a great bit of Burns propaganda and I really like it I'm surprised you didn't get uh Luann in bikini <laughs> as your t-shirt <laughs> well maybe not a shirt but <laughs> it'll be like uh, you'll get a tattoo like uh <laughs> yeah there's your tattoo 
Is that a thing? Do people get tattoos of pornography to masturbate to? <laughs> well, have you not seen shitty Simpsons tattoos on Instagram? Fair, fair enough. That's true. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's some pretty, pretty Oof. disgusting ones. <laughs> I think we've talked about way back in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. I think uh, that was like when we started doing this bit of. Yeah, I think so. Well, Steve, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Been a while. But, uh, <clears throat> We finally put up another t-shirt on our T Public site. That's right, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boy. Steve, we have decided the Mr. Burns Tyranny is job one t-shirt is now available at our T Public site. Steve, I was looking through all the uh, color combinations on the t-shirts. I gotta mm-hmm. say the uh, ringer shirt, Ooh. the white with the black ringer looks really good. I recommend that one. Yeah, I love a ringer tee. That design would also work well on maybe a sticker for your laptop or maybe a, uh, you know, a mug. Hey, masks are all the craze crave these days. It'd be a great mask. Actually, that <laughs> would be a good mask. Actually, yeah, that would be. <laughs> Looking at it right now. Hey, it looks great on a mask. And also, I have to say, uh, Public does make a good mask. Yeah, yeah. So there it is. If you guys want to celebrate the start of season 32, there's our tyranny is job one up on our website of tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. That's great. Craig, should we talk about our favorite quotes from this week's episode? Yeah, I just got to say it was, uh, for me, it had to have been hands down just the the gag of, of Marge, the, the Lady Gaga diss. Yeah. Just that was my favorite. Stone Cold, I like it. And, um, uh, yep. And then, of course, uh, not cool to hang out with the family. And also, like Bart's, or Bart, <laughs> Mr. Burns' line at the end of Why Can't I Be Loved and Feared Like God? Yeah. I think for me, Mr. Burns was definitely the MVJ, uh, just because he had a lot of room to play around with. But I think that the beginning scene with uh, Lisa and Mr. Burns was my favorite. <laughs> just the him like looking at the limerick and then him being like, oh, a crying cucumber. <laughs> yeah. And also uh, Yeardley's reading of the tuna fish sandwich and her being grossed out about it. That's the way I feel about tuna fish sandwiches when I see them on a plate in a kitchen. So I saw one in the bathroom. Far did, worse. Did you have a hard time watching uh, uh, the Too Much Tuna <laughs> bit? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> like, I love uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. And I, 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 I would go see that on Broadway if they were to come to Broadway and I was near Broadway. And shows were a thing now. Um, that was a long sentence, but I would, I, I love them and I think that's great. But yeah, every time they showed that like massive pile of tuna, it was <laughs> disgusting. Not a fan of the tuna fish sandwich. No. All right. Well, I think, um, I think it's time to review this new episode. Mm-hmm. Steve, we have, uh, since it's, it's so new, there's not that many uh, reviews out there, but we did find one that was uh, quite poignant, I think, right? Yeah. Steve, would you like to read this review? Sure. Um, so they were a little, well, I won't reveal what we thought of it yet, but they were fairly harsh on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave it a one out of 10. Uh, this was obviously reviewed uh, September 28th, 2020, uh, which happens to be today that we're recording. It is from a reader named Turkey Stuff, and um, they entitled it Jump the Shark. And, you know, I think that I could read this review, but I think that maybe we should let um, the computer speak for itself. And I mean, the computer didn't write this, but <laughs> let the let the speaker speak for themselves. So with the help of Google Translate, we are going to let them speak for Turkey stuff and see what they have to say about this episode. All right. Thanks, Google Translate. Um, let me just plug this in here. The full review. Uh, Google, take it away. One-tenth jump the shark turkey stuff the 28th of September 2020 SJSSJJSJDMDKSKSSJSJMZMZMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMMM
And that's the review. So deep. So if I were to translate it, it'd be <laughs> the space in the middle is what gets me. I don't know why. It's just really funny to like, take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, great stuff, turkey stuff. Yeah. Just <laughs> were they just that so angry with the episodes? Like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Smash their keyboard, like, and post. <laughs> well, it is turkey stuff. Maybe it's a turkey. <laughs> and if it is a turkey, kudos on you, turkey, for you know being able to write one out of ten. Jump the shark. Wait a minute. You know? I, I figured it out, Steve. Oh, they were just mad that Marge cooked a turkey in the episode. <gasps> so this Good was a point. Real, this was a real turkey, and it is so pissed at the Simpsons episode because it murdered one of their brethren. That's yeah. I think I think you uh, pin the nail on the donkey <laughs> yeah, or the turkey in turkey. this case. Yeah. 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 All right, we solved the case, Steve. I don't know. Uh, maybe now it's time for uh, our reviews. Uh, Craig, what do you think? Hey, for a first-time writer, good job, David Crane. You got to live out the dream and write a Simpsons episode. A little jealous of that, right? Mm-hmm. It was fine, you know? I think we talked about David Harbour's voice in the beginning, like, just kind of, like, goes all over the place. There's that, but I, I was perfectly fine with it. I like the new Carl voice. I enjoyed that it, it there was like heavy Lenny and Carl and Homer and Mr. Burns hanging out. You know, we don't really see them doing that a lot on, on the Simpsons episode. And when it was talked about how uh, last week when we said uh, undercover Burns, I thought it was literally going to be a knockoff of undercover boss and there's going to be a camera cruise and it was going to be that kind of that kind of a parody. Mm-hmm. He's going to notice things. But no, it was it was a nice hybrid of like the Iron Man costume and I had fun with that. Um, you know, there wasn't uh, a whole lot of like super LOLs. Uh, it's a very visual joke episode for me. There wasn't really anything I hated. I think there was a, there was like a, you, we talked about like some little like tw- uh, tweaks here and there could have been nice. Like I said, like maybe have Homer go. Mm, there's my tuna sandwich. You know, mm-hmm. put a little bit of those jokes. Uh, the the cheese maybe spitting up something else just to keep the joke going. But I understand it was you know mouse. Cheese, mouse, cat, you know, the, the hierarchy of the animal <laughs> kingdom. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know I, I enjoyed it. So uh, that being said, uh, Mr. Burns reveals his age to be 156. I'm going to give this episode, um, let's give it a 137. 137. That's very fair. I'm thinking back to my days as a child and early on into my adulthood when, you know, we didn't have all the streaming services and all the things that we have now that are just make us complacent with our viewing habits where we can watch literally anything anytime we want. And I thought about the excitement of like season premiere day or season premiere week when you get that fresh issue of TV Guide and you like look through it to see all the season premieres and the guest stars that are like in the season opener and especially like the new episode of The Simpsons because it would be summertime and you'd just be watching reruns. And with that in mind, this would be a fun episode to watch for the first time when you've been seeing nothing but reruns for so long. And yeah, it's not the best episode in the world. And we talked about David Harbour's voice, like you mentioned, it is a little all over the place, but it's clear that he had fun with it and he's an actor who likes to act and I respect that. And for a first-time writer, I thought uh, uh, he did a great job. It's a really interesting uh, story. I like the the fact that it was mostly almost entirely at the power plant, aside from a few scenes uh, at the Simpsons home. But I thought it was a lot of fun. 
a lot of visual gags, a lot of, not fan service, but it was obviously written with love by somebody who really enjoys the show for a long time. And I respect that. And so I'm going to say that it's a really ambitious and good effort that maybe didn't turn out quite as well, but I thought it was it was good enough. And so I'm going to say that on that wall of quitters, there were 60 portraits. And of those 60, I'm going to give this a 42 Hey, that's the answer to the universe, Steve. That's a great answer to everything. Another thing I wanted to bring up, you remember how like in the old days, like something happened like on a season finale of The Simpsons and you were eager to see if that was called over to the next season. Now we reviewed the season 31 finale and, and in that one, The Simpsons have a new dog, uh, Santa's little helper's mom dog. Oh, right. They didn't, they didn't have the new mom dog. That we know of. Yeah. Well, when everyone was doing the spit thing. It's true. She should have been there. I was hoping to see her. I don't know if, I don't know if it'll come back. I, I don't think she will. I think she might be she might a be one-off. Yeah. she go back to that dog farm up north. Well, maybe a dog farm further, a little further up north. Because <laughs> all dogs do go to heaven, Steve. That's right. That's what Jim Belushi always told me. Um, all right. Yeah, so uh, there you go. I, I recommend it. Uh, I guess the only place you could watch it is Hulu now. It's not on Disney Plus, but... Uh, True. And also, again, I want to congratulate Alex Dessert on the new gig. I think you did a great job. I did. I wanted to mention that in my review, but I think that he's a welcome addition to the cast. And I yeah. look forward to seeing how he grows and the rest of the staff grows. More Carl. More Carl. And uh, awesome job to uh, David Crane doing, doing what you got to do to get on The Simpsons. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I say, uh, I say check it out, guys. I, I'm always for watching New Simpsons. Um, I think I saw, too, that it was the number one time slot that night in the uh, old style of Nielsen rating. So good job. I think it got a 0.2 share. Yeah, it was <laughs> the number, number one. one. <laughs> yeah, which is really funny in this day and age. Yeah. Um, also, if you're somebody who watches the animation block, um, a real solid season premiere of Bob's Burgers, too. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. I don't watch that show frequently enough, but when I do, I realize, oh my gosh, this is such a good show. So this is a little side point, but watch Bob's Burgers, especially this <laughs> season premiere. Okay, I think I think most people do. Okay, good, but you don't. I, I don't. <laughs> you should. Let's just find out what we're watching next week. <laughs> Alrighty, and to do that, we'll have to uh, back from the shop. Don't worry, I paid the bill. It's very expensive. <laughs> to fix but, the uh, wheel of random. <laughs> that's right. It was. It's back, and it's good. Uh, so I'm going to bust it out very gently. That's what she said. And uh, let's spin it to see what season we're watching next week. All right, we have season 28. Season 28. All righty, and let's spin to see which episode we are watching. Episode 16. Season 28, episode 16. Craig, what is that episode? Why, it's Camp Crestier? Huh? Yeah, so Bart and Lisa return home from Camp Crusty. Wait a minute. What? Earlier, interrupting Homer and Marge's romantic encounters, Bart and Lisa confront a source of trauma. Steve, you know what this is? <gasps> what is that? I believe it's a sequel to the season four. Yeah, to the season four premiere of Camp Crusty. Whoa. Weird. It's <laughs> crazy. So it originally aired March 5th, 2017. Wow. So uh, we're looking forward to watching that. A sequel to an old Golden Age episode. Are we allowed to watch Camp Krusty beforehand? I don't think we're allowed to, per the will of random, but uh, I won't tell if you won't. Um, Okay, Creeper. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, 
hey, you guys can go to our T Public site, which is tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. And uh, there is a new shirt. It's from the season 32 premiere, like we already said. So check that out. You can always contact us on social medias at 138Simpsons on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite pod catching app and leave a review and five stars or the equivalent thereof. And you don't have to write a real review. Write anything you want. Like this week, I want you to write what your alter ego name if you had a bodysuit would be. Would it be like Fred Cranepool or Brian Assfuck or... <laughs> Joey che- Cheeto? What, what would your name be? That's what I want to know. All right. Well, for this week, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. Remember, keep watching the skis. Watch out for crying cucumbers. Look at me. I'm Audrey Hepburn. <laughs>